Amen. I'm going to read to you from 2 Timothy chapter number 3. 2 Timothy chapter number 3, verses 16 and 17. 2 Timothy chapter number 3. Also, if you are planning on going to Israel, that's May the 9th through the 19th. And uh, if you want to mark your calendar here soon, we'll be getting some more concrete uh, times that we might need to start uh, sending in deposits. So if you can remember that as well. Second Timothy chapter number three, if you found it, say amen. amen. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Amen. We need the Word of God in our lives, don't we? Amen. It's inspired, it's profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction of righteousness, that the man of God, that God's people would be perfect. That word perfect means to be complete. God wants us to be complete. So, Let's ask the Lord to touch us tonight. Lord, I pray that you help me as we open your word. I pray, God, that you'd anoint our time together, anoint our children's classes, juniors, youth, and grow classes tonight, as well as this, right, this session in here. God, anoint our online viewers to receive your word in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Give the Lord a good hand clap of praise as you're being seated tonight. God bless you. Amen. Tonight, we're gonna start a Bible study on, uh, on how to study the Bible, how to study the Bible. Um, I have a lot of questions, especially lately, uh, people who are asking, um, you know, how, to study, how do I get uh, more out of my Bible study, my, my devotional time? It was R.C. Sproul, famous theologian, who said, quote, the word of God can be in the mind without being in the heart but it cannot be in the heart without first being in the mind. Amen. And so we want to get the Word of God not only in our mind, but in our heart. C.S. Lewis, the famed uh, Christian apologetic writer, he said, quote, if you do not listen to theology, that will not mean that you have no ideas about God. It will mean that you will have a lot of wrong ideas. You'll have a lot of wrong ideas. A lot of people in modern so-called Christianity, they, are, they, they don't want doctrine. They don't want doctrinal teaching. They don't want, they don't want anything having to do with doctrine. Um, I had a, a young lady one time tell me her church doesn't teach doctrine. I said, well, well where, where do they get that from? And they said, well, we just don't believe in doctrine. I said, well, then you have a doctrine against doctrine. <laughs> and so... Uh, but C.S. Lewis, he said, if you don't listen to theology, it will not mean that you have no ideas about God. It will mean that you have a lot of wrong ideas. And so how to study the Bible? First of all, the first step in Bible study doesn't really have anything to do with the Bible. It's prayer. The first step in Bible study is prayer. James chapter number one and verse number five said, if any of you lack wisdom, which also can be interpreted by, as understanding. Let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given to him. Amen. We ask God for instruction. Ask God to help us understand the Bible, and, and it will be given. God wants us to understand the Bible. 
Proverbs chapter number two, verses one through six. My son, if thou will receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding. Yea, if you cry after knowledge and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom, and out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. What's something we find from this passage? One of the things we find from this passage is our understanding is generally related to how much we want it. Amen. He said, if you seek her as silver, the question would be, what do we want? Do we want things in this life, in this world, more than we want to understand the Bible? The, the key is, what are we asking God for? Are most of our prayers material things for silver, for things that we need in life, and we don't ever get around to asking God to help us understand the Word and understand the Bible? He said, if you seek her as silver, if you cry after knowledge, one of the things that we should pray about all the time is God help us to understand what you're trying to tell us. And the Bible said, the Lord giveth wisdom, out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. And so that the, the first step, the first step in understanding the Bible is prayer. We ask God to open our heart, our mind, our spirit. The second thing that we really need to pay attention to is what's preached and taught in the church. Amen, because that's what God is speaking to the congregation. That's God's word for the church at a specific time. And so what God is speaking through the ministers that we have come, through Bishop, through myself, and our other ministers on staff and other ministers here in the church, if, if we will apply ourselves to really understanding what we're having preached and taught to us, uh, take notes of sermons that are preached. Go back and study those passages. Um, I always, you, you might notice me when I have a guest speaker or when Bishop's preaching, I'm constantly writing. If they bring up a verse, I'll write that verse down. And every verse that the preacher, that the preacher gives us, if he reads it, I write it down because I go home and that's what I read the next day from my phone. I'll look up the scriptures that, that we had because those are the words that God's speaking through us by the Holy Ghost. There are, there are two words in the New Testament that are translated as word, as the word word. And it's regards to how, in regard, regard to how God is speaking to us. First is the word logos. The word logos is the written word of God. It's the Bible, it's, it's the scripture. Second is rhema, that is a divine utterance. That's what God speaks primarily through a, a, an evangelist, a pastor, prophet, a, miss, uh, a minister of some kind. People, when people talk about getting a rhema word, I think I might have actually used that term at some point in the last couple of weeks when I, I said that God has given us a rhema word. What, I'm, what I mean by that is the Holy Ghost is speaking right now. And he does that through the ministry and through those that he's called to the ministry. Preaching is a right now word. And so when God deals with the pastor and evangelist, a minister to bring a word to the church, 
then that's a good place to start for personal Bible study. Um, number three, the next point is take notes. Take notes. If I'm really being honest, and, and you know, Brother Wilson, he says that, uh, he said people are, need to always be honest, but they don't always need to be open. You know, everything you say needs to be the truth, but you don't necessarily have to say everything. Uh, is anybody praying that I remember that here in a few minutes? But if I'm really being honest, when I see people in a Bible class and they're not taking notes, I think they're not really serious about learning. Um, and I also realize that, uh, that, uh, that, that I'm in a little bit of a different generation than a lot of folks because I still like writing on paper. And, uh, and, and younger folks, they, they don't know how to write hardly anymore, but they sure know how to type. And so uh, just however you take notes, just take notes. Right, if something triggers in your mind. The book of Habakkuk chapter number two and verse two said, and the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain upon the tables that he may run that readeth it. And so sometimes the Holy Ghost will speak something to you in the middle of a service, in the middle of a message, and, and it'll quicken something to your mind. And if you don't write it down, it can go out just as quick as it came in. And so by applying ourselves to writing notes. Now, I, I've got a few pictures. I've, I've got a few pictures I wanna show you of, uh, of online things, apps, and different things that might help, and then we'll get into the rest of the lesson. The first picture is, uh, is the Bethlehem Church app. I wish I, Brother Travis, he bought me a, a laser pointer one time, and, uh, and it's in my desk with a dead battery. And so, but uh, he's, you say what? He's going to bring me a, good, <laughs> good. <laughs> I should have talked to you before, shouldn't I? But you see the Bethlehem Church app, um, where the BC app, you can go to that app and there are all, there, there's a lot of resources on there. One thing you can find, the second picture is our media page. All the sermons, all the messages that we have here at the church, all the messages that are, are preached at the church, you can, go, you can go to YouTube and find them. You can go on our Facebook page. You can do SoundCloud. You can go on Apple, iTunes, or whatever, and get the podcast. Or you can download the app, and they're all right there on the app. As a matter of fact, I had, had someone in our church that, uh, that texted me the other day. They had just got the app, and they were going through it, and they said, man, it is awesome. And so everything can be right there. So when we're talking about, about listening to what's preached and taught in the church as part of Bible study. You can have that with you all the time. You can go down the road and it can play through your, through your car if you have a teenager that can help you figure that out. Um, but, uh, but, but all of the sermons and Bible studies are uploaded. The next picture, please. You can go to, the if you see at the bottom where it says Bible, there are several different versions of the Bible. Um, for whatever reason, the app company ha doesn't have the KJV loaded on there yet. That's something we're trying to get Google or Apple or whoever made the app for us. You, again, you have to ask one of our younger guys that worked on getting it made. Um, but we're trying to get that uploaded. But you can read the Bible right there. At the, it has a, where it says plan, if you wanna read the Bible through, it, you can go to the Bible reading plan and it will have that there. But that's all stuff you can do on the church app you can have with you 
all the time. You may not be able to carry a Bible in your pocket, but if you have a phone and you have this app, you can carry a Bible with you. Um, the next picture I want to show you is, um, is the app that I use for Bible study. Um, that's my phone app. It's, it's called Olive Tree. It's the Olive Tree Bible app. That's actually what I use on my computer as well. I build all of my sermons uh, using, using the Olive Tree Bible app. Uh, they, there's, a, there's a program called Logos. If you have a Mac computer, you can spend up to $40,000 downloading resources and books and all that. Um, I use this one. Um, and it's, it's a free download. You can buy other things. Um, the, the particular, the particular uh, Bible version that I use, that I download on, on Olive Tree, and I should have checked if it costs anything. If it does, it's like maybe 3 or $4 at the most. But it's the Strong's Bible. It's the KJV Strong's Bible. And uh, if you go to the next picture, the thing I love about the KJV, that's, that's the page. But all those words that, uh, that they, they kind of show up blue on our screen right now. I don't know if you can tell the picture, the, the difference in color between some of the words or not. It may, you may not be able from that far away. But if I touch, if I tap on one of those words on my phone, it brings up the definition of the word in the original Hebrew or Greek. So if you go to the next picture, is this all right? Uh, I mean, uh, this, is, this is practical. I've had a lot of questions on how to study. I'm trying to give a few tools. So on, on this particular page, because this was the, the, the scripture I used to start the Bible study with, and so I touched my finger on the word instruction, and when you, when you touch it, it pops up, and so that brings the, the original Greek, and it has, it has the definition. It means tutorage, education, or training by implication, disciplinary correction, there you go. Thank you. That's good for somebody with eyes my age. Um, but it brings out all of the, 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 different, the different definitions of the word. And if you go uh, onto the bottom of it, and it may not, it won't do it here. You can scroll on the phone app. You can scroll it up. And it will tell you if there's other ways that same Greek word was, was interpreted in the scripture. So if maybe in another place it used the word training. Or another place it might have used the word learning. But it will give you all of that, and, and that's a free app. The Olive Tree is a free app. I don't remember if this particular Strong's Bible app uh, is, is free or if it's, like I said, 2 or $3 to download. But there's all kinds of resources, Bible dictionaries, commentaries, all of that that you can download. I've got it on my phone. I've got it on my iPad. I've got it on my computer. Um, and that's what I, the Bible program that I use for the most part, to study. I, I will tell you this, that you can download a free version. If you have a Mac, if you have a Mac or an iPhone, you can download a free version of what's called the Logos Bible. That's the one I told you you can spend up to like $40,000 downloading books and stuff. But you can get a free version of Logos. And if you, if you sign up for like their, uh, their newsletter, you get one free book every month. And so every month I download, at the first of the month, I download a free book. Sometimes it's commentaries. This last one was actually a lesson on the book of James. Um, I've got commentaries on books of the Bible, but that's the Logos app. So that's, you can download the app on your iPhone. If you have a Mac computer, uh, you, can, you can download it onto your computer. I don't have a picture for that one. I, that, I just, 
that one just came into my mind. So that, can we go to the next, the next slide, the next picture? I appreciate Brother Zach. I, I sent him all these right before church, and some of them went through and some didn't, and they went through in different orders, and he has done a great job getting this on point. This is, this is a screenshot from my computer um, of, uh, of a Bible website called BibleHub.com, BibleHub.com, all kinds of resources. Um, this, this is actually, again, the passage of scripture we started with, this is the page where you go to the commentaries. This particular verse they have 14 different commentaries. If, you, if I was on my computer, I could scroll down, and uh, it has 14 commentaries, 25 versions, Bible versions on this verse. Um, and that is BibleHub.com. And so you can do a lot of, if you have the internet, you can do a lot of study. Now, I will tell you, just because these guys wrote commentaries doesn't mean they're right. There's 14 of them. You know how many different views you have? 14, and so, and so but, but it does give insight. Sometimes you get some historical insight. Um, you get some different, some different uh, viewpoints. Uh, this particular one on the right, Myers, you can see he has a lot of Greek up there. Myers' commentary goes really deep into Greek. Uh, you see Ellicott's, um, which it's, it's not as heavy on the Greek, but it's more into uh, just, uh, just explanation. There's 14 of them, I'm not gonna get all of that, but that is, that is the, the biblehub.com. You just type it into Google or whatever your search engine is, and there's all kinds of resources on there. Where it says jump to, you see where it says jump to there? All those different ones are different commentaries that you can go to, different places, you can, different resources you can click on, and it will have something on this verse. And then the next, the, next, the last picture, the last picture. And you might like the pictures. If you like them, we'll go back to number one and we'll cycle through again. Um, the, but that's, you can download the app on your iPhone. I'm assuming you can if, if you don't have the iPhone. It's Bible Hub, it's a free app. Uh, you probably have, you may have to buy some uh, add-ons or whatever. But, uh, but those are some resources you can have at the tip of your fingers all the time. Um, like you're, maybe you're at lunch and there's a verse on your mind. Man, you got all kinds of resources you can have right there just to, to, to get after it. And so, again, just the disclaimer, we don't agree with all the doctrines of all the commentators, but there's still a lot of good information. Jesus said in Matthew 22, verse 37 and 38, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and what's the next one? With all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. With all your heart, your emotions, your will, with all your soul, that eternal part of you. But he also said, with all of your mind. All of our heart should reflect how we love God, right? All of our soul should reflect how we love God. Well, the truth of the matter is also that we need to love God with our mind. A lot of people are good at, at uh, clapping their hands and wearing Christian t-shirts and you know, what would Jesus do and all that, but they don't apply their mind to learning and understanding. But God expects his people, God expects his people to apply their minds 
to understanding the Bible. And so the, the Bible says we love him not just with feelings, not just with our emotions, not just with, the, with, with, with getting carried away in the, the, the atmosphere, but to learn to read and study the Bible. I want my mind to love God as much as my heart does. Amen? So the first and greatest commandment doesn't only mean our emotions, it means our mind. The first, and if it's the first and greatest commandment, we probably ought to apply ourselves to getting our mind on the word of God, shouldn't we? Amen. My people, the Bible, the prophet said, my people are destroyed for what? Lack of feeling? Is that what he, no, he didn't say that. For lack of passion? Uh-uh. He said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And so I wanna love him with my mind. Psalms 1, 1 through 6. I'm gonna get into a little bit more methodology in just a moment. Psalms 1, 1 through 6, blessed is the man. How many wanna be blessed? You know one Bible study I've been, I've been thinking about doing, um, it's gonna take a long, long time and that's why I put it off, is just going through the Bible and everywhere where it says blessed, seeing what it says. Because if I wanna be blessed, I want to do things that get me blessed, right? And so one of the things is blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. What does that mean? That means that you can't always be around ungodly people and expect to be blessed. The truth of the matter is you will become the people you spend the most time with. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, that word delight, if you have that app, you can click delight, and it'll say pleasure, his pleasure, his desire. It is something considered a valuable thing. His delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night. Can I tell you another Bible study I'm working on? It's something that we as Pentecostals, Brother Patton, we as Pentecostals don't like it. We, we've never concentrated on it. We've never made it a real uh, discipline of the church. But you know the Bible has a whole lot in it about meditation. We like noise. We like, you know, I, I get antsy. We, we, in our staff meeting almost every week, me and Brother Austin have a conversation about how we're both in a hurry and we'd like to get everything out of the way and now we've breezed through. But the Bible says meditate. And the Bible said in his law does he meditate. One of the best things you can do to understand the Bible is just shut everything down and just meditate on whatever verse is on your mind, whatever passage is on your mind. Just stop, think about it, try to get your mind focused and meditate. I, I've really, I've got a book on my desk and, 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 and don't tell my, she's here. There's a couple more ordered. My daughter said, Dad, we'd have a pool if you didn't buy so many books. All depends on what you want to swim in. I want to swim in thinking. In his law, does he meditate? Meditation in prayer and study is invaluable. When you open the Bible and you read a verse, stop and just think about it. Just just ponder it. The Bible said that if we delight, take pleasure in his law, and meditate in his law day and night, 
He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. That's the blessing. That's a great blessing, isn't it? You want me to, let me read those blessings again. If you'll, if you'll, if you'll do what he said, not just verse two, but, but verse one and two, ending with delight in the law of the Lord and meditate day and night. He'll be like a tree planted by rivers of living water, bringeth forth fruit in his season, his leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Here's the flip side, the ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Isn't it interesting that part of the dividing between godly and ungodly is our approach to the word of God. Makes a difference. It makes a difference. If we delight, if we take pleasure in his word and meditate, then the Bible said the Lord knows the way of the righteous. So other than really uh, digging into what's been preached and taught in the church, there's two primary avenues of study. And I've, got, I've actually got studies going in, in, in both directions. I've told you two of my, a couple of my topical studies about blessed is the man. And that, that's a topical study. That's a topic that I have on my mind about, about being blessed. And I'm going by and I'm trying to find as many scriptures on, on where the Bible says blessed. That's a topical study. It is a topic it might, you might wanna study on prayer. And so you can go to one of those Bible apps and you can type in the word prayer and it'll list all the verses that have the word prayer in it. Then you can tap on it and find the definitions and you can do a topical study on prayer. You can do it on faithfulness. It, any subject in the Bible, you can do a topical study. Or you can do what is called a book or a passage study. And uh, so I've got one of those. I've been studying now since the third week of July. Um, I've been studying on James chapter number five, verses 14, 15, and 16. Um, for weeks now, I've got, I've, I've, I've got multiple commentaries. Uh, I've, 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 man, there's so much in there. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. They'll anoint his head with oil. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And if he commit any sin, it shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another that you may be healed. Those three verses have been on my mind nonstop. It deals with, it deals with healing. It deals with anointing. It deals with forgiveness. I've been asking myself, how can they be forgiven for sin when they haven't even repented? A lot of questions there. Where it says any sick among you, does that mean that that promise is only for people that are in the church? A lot of questions in there. That's, that is a, that's a passage on a, that, that is a study on a passage of scripture. So far, I've written about 12 pages, single space, 12 font on just those three verses. So, when you want me to break that out on a Wednesday night, just let me know. <laughs> that's, a, that's a study on a passage. 
on a, a topic, you have topical, you have the approach where you take a context of, of scripture. So we approach the Bible. Here, let, let, let's, let me lock this down. I see some yawns and I don't blame you. The top, a book or passage study is looking at a particular portion of scripture and trying to get its meaning out of it. it the, the reason that I like to study a book at a time is because you can get a full broad spectrum. If we're not careful, we can pull a verse out of here and not understand the context that it's used in and twist the meaning to mean something else. And so we, that's why studying a whole chapter or a whole book is, is a good method because you get the entire flow that they're using to write it in so you don't get that verse out of context. Um, and so there's different approaches. And what we wanna have a proper understanding of the Bible and a proper application of the message. I wanna understand what the Bible's saying and I wanna know how it applies to me. So we do what is called in theological circles as exegesis. It, it's, it's extracting the message out of the scripture. The opposite of exegesis, exegesis is eisegesis. That's putting meaning into the scripture. I don't wanna put my meaning into the scripture. I wanna pull out what the scripture is trying to say. And so we do this by trying to identify what the original writer was trying to say. What was Paul trying to say to the Romans? Not what, not what, uh, what does it necessarily mean to me or how do I think? I, I've said this before, it's not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to be rude at all. But what I think doesn't matter. Well, that's not rude, I'm talking about me. Well, let me, let me go to the other side. What you think doesn't matter either. It's what does the Bible say? What is the Bible trying to say? What is the message of a particular passage of scripture? And so we do, we study historical context. So if I was to, to start a study, when I started my study on the book of James, and I've, been, I've been, been getting back to it on a regular basis, one of the first things I wanted to do was find out, all right, when was it written and who was it written to? Who, did, who was James writing to when he wrote the epistle? And then what were the, what were the, the, the subjects that he's trying to cover. Who is he writing to and why? Because if I understand who he's writing to and why, then I can understand more about what he's trying to say. So I wanna get it in context. You can find all that. You can go online. You can, get a, uh, you can, you can look up the book of James and just ask for an introduction to the book of James. And it'll tell you all those issues all the time, all of that. And you, and, but you wanna do that because what you wanna find out is what was James trying to say? Not what does the Southern Baptist Convention say James is trying to say. Not what does the Pentecostal Publishing House say that James is trying to say. Not what does the, the Catholic Catechism say that James is trying to say. But what was James trying to say? What is the Bible saying? We all have what is known as confirmation bias. Confirmation bias is if, if, there's, if we go outside and, and there's a streak of light across the sky, the people that believe in UFOs are gonna say, UFO, proof positive, you saw it. The people that don't believe in UFOs are gonna say, airplane, you saw it. Right? 
Because you have confirmation bias. People look at something trying to confirm what they already believe. When we look at the Bible, we should be looking at the Bible for what the Bible's trying to say, not what do I want the Bible to say. Man, there was a verse of scripture I thought I'd heard it preached before, not here. I'd heard it preached before, and I thought that's what it said, and I, I was planning on preaching that verse. Man, I got two or three hours of study in there, and I realized that it was, what I had to say was wrong. And so you know what I did? Scrapped the whole message because it would have been a lie. We don't want to impose our meaning on the Bible. We want the Bible to impose its message on our lives. And so we gotta rightly divide the word. So God inspired the Bible. We assume that because God inspired the Bible that he wants us to understand it. So we understand it's the intention of God to tell us his message, and so he wants to help us. So what do we need? We need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Ghost to help us understand the Bible. Romans 8 and 7, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, and neither indeed can be. The carnal mind is enmity. Your, your natural sinful mind is at war, is an enemy against God. Our mind doesn't want God's ways. We're human. We have weakness. We have a sinful heart. And the carnal mind is enmity against God. And so what we have to pray is that the Holy Ghost give us a new mind, that we have the mind of Christ, that we read and study under the influence of the Spirit of God. 1 Corinthians 2 and 4, the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. If you're going to learn anything from God, it's gonna take spiritual discernment to do it. And so when we pray, say, God, I want your spirit to guide me in understanding the Bible. John 14 and 26, the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Amen. The Bible is to be understood spiritually. So let's look at a few things. Um, let's look at a few things. Number one, observation. One, one of the things you want to do is have observation. I tell people my spiritual gift is the gift of observation. I see stuff. I just look. Not, not, not in the spirit. I just see stuff. You know, like, like I saw folks yawning, and that let me know. I got to hurry up. It's the gift of observation working, and that's, that's my gift. But as you read the Bible, you need to look carefully at what it really says. Don't skip over words. Don't skip over phrases. Look for emphasis. The amount of space or the number of chapters or verses devoted to a specific topic. You'll hear us sometimes when we're preaching, we'll say this word, this word appears in the Bible 170 times. The reason we do that is because we're showing emphasis. We're showing the fact that it that it's a recurring theme. So you look at emphasis. Repetition is something repeated over and over. This, this repetition, it's another way that the author demonstrates that something is important when he goes back to it over and over and over. You know, the just shall live by faith. And you read in another epistle, the just shall live by faith. And in another epistle, 
the just shall live by faith. It makes you know that if you want to be just or justified, you got to live by what? Faith. Repetition. For instance, when you read 1 Corinthians chapter number 13, in the KJV, the word is charity. In all other versions, it's the word love because charity in the original Greek means love. In 1 Corinthians 13, that word appears 13, nine times in 13 verses. That means that the focal point of that passage is the love of God. So when you're reading that, it's repetition. You look at relationships between ideas. Play, pay close attention to certain relationships that appear in the text. It's what we would refer to as cause and effect. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many. It's cause and effect. You were faithful over few. The effect is you'll be made a ruler over many. When you see a result of something, like we looked at, remember what we looked at in Psalms 1? where We said, okay, here's what the righteous do. Blessed is the man that standeth not in the way of sinners, sit in the seat of the scornful. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law does he meditate day and night. He shall be. That's cause and effect. You see what we do and what comes from it. But the unrighteous are not so. Cause and effect. That's one of the key things to understanding. If you see if-then statements. If-then. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin and heal their land. It's an if. If I do this, God does this. You don't want to skip over those little words, the ifs and the thens and the cause and effect. When you see questions and answers that are related, who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. When you see comparisons and contrasts, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye. But I say unto you, to, you follow what I'm saying? You look for relationships between topics within a single verse. You heard it said, an eye for an eye, but I say unto you. It means we don't live that way. Literary, for, that, that, we, you don't want me to go there. I can tell. But the Bible is literature. It was written. And so there's three types of literature in the Bible. You have, you have discourse, which is the epistles. It's a letter written. You have prose, which is, uh, which is Old Testament history. You have poetry, which are Psalms, Proverbs. And so the type of literature makes a difference in how you interpret. The atmosphere. What was the atmosphere that the author was writing? Was it a time of war? Was it a time of peace? What's the, what's the atmosphere created by what he's saying? All these are keys to looking. But, but one of the most important things that I want you to learn to do, if you can figure this part out, I think, I think we will have maybe accomplished something. Brother Osborne, one of the greatest preachers of our, of our day, he told me many years ago that we don't ask enough questions of the text. He said, when you look at a, at a passage of scripture, when you look at a verse, ask questions. Who's talking? 
What are they talking about? Who are they talking to? Ask questions. Who are the people in this passage of scripture? Sometimes when I'm, when I'm preaching, you'll hear me, you'll hear me uh, talk about there's three people in this particular passage, or there's three. I was preaching Friday night at, uh, at the conference in New Albany, and I was using a, 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 a passage, and I, was, and I was talking about how there's three principal people in this, in, this, uh, in this story. You have Peter and John who went to the temple, and I talk about what Peter represented, and I talk about what John represented, and then, and then I went from there, and I, and I talked about the third man, the lame man, you want to talk about, and all those little things are part about studying. What, what I would do, what I would do if I were me and I am, so I do it. I make a list. When I'm looking at a passage of Scripture, I make a list of the characters that are in that particular passage. What do I know about them? What do I know about Elijah, Elisha? What do I know about when they appear in a passage? What do I know about them? I go and try to figure it out. When we're talking about studying, you're not on a time clock, okay? If you only have five minutes today to study, that's great. Do five minutes, pick it up again tomorrow. I mean, I've been going since the third week of July on three verses. I study a while, put it down, study a little bit more, you know, study. But, but I'm trying to identify who's in the passage of Scripture. When is it going on? What's happening in this passage? Where is it? Are they writing in Babylon? Well, that's a whole different thing than if they're sitting in Jerusalem writing. And so you get all that information together. You start asking, who are the people in the passage? What's happening? Where is it taking place? And when is it? And when you start getting these questions asked, then you start learning. Let's say I got two more points. Number one is context. You can answer 75% of your questions about a passage when you, read the, uh, when you read the context. Read above it and below it. If you read a verse and you think, that's something I've never heard before, you might wanna read up above it and read down below it because it may not be saying what you think it's saying. The context, there's a flow to it. And secondly is use cross, or lastly, use cross-references. Let Scripture interpret Scripture. Let Scripture interpret Scripture. The Bible sheds light on the Bible. When you see things that appear in the Bible multiple times, the Bible's trying to tell us something. If you're not careful, like you can go to the book of Job, and you can open the book of Job, and you can read a verse, and you can say, that's a doctrine. And you don't even realize that's one of Job's friends talking to Job, and and they're, and they're falsely accusing him of something. But you read that verse only, you think that's a doctrine in the Bible, and it's not a doctrine in the Bible. It's Job's friends hassling Job and saying, well, you must have sinned, and that's why you're in this condition. And so if you don't read the context, you're not gonna know that. You're gonna think that, that, that one of Job's friends has made a Bible doctrine, and what Job's friend was, was a moron that didn't understand God. And if you take what he said as a doctrine, that makes you a moron. That doesn't, no, that's, don't take that how I meant it. You understand what I'm saying? You gotta read context. 
You gotta read above and below. You don't just pull a verse out because if you just pull a verse out, you can build a whole idea around something that is not a doctrine. One other quick word of caution, that just because something is like it was in the Bible doesn't mean that that's how it always has to be. Now, let me clarify that statement. How you live when you're a prisoner in Babylon is not necessarily how God wants you to live when you're in Jerusalem. And so, and so you want to get the context of Scripture. That's why you've got to read above and below and cross-reference because you want the Bible to interpret the Bible. If you're not careful, you'll go out and lay in the street for hundreds of days just like Jeremiah did because you think that's what God wants you to do. But that's what God wanted one person to do one time, right? We want to be balanced in it. Here, here's something I'm thinking about doing, and you guys might be able to tell me after church if you're interested in it or not. We're trying to figure out a way to hook my computer up to the projector, projector or to get a camera on it, and we're just gonna take a, a verse or two and just study it, just like we would if, we were, if I was sitting in my desk or we were just sitting at home doing a Bible study and just, and just, and just do it. Well, here's the reason why, because you know, I've, I've been around church my whole life. I've been around the Bible my whole life, but not everybody's been in church their whole life, and not everybody's been around the Bible their whole life, and not everybody knows what they're looking at. And, and so we have a lot of people asking questions. And a lot of them, I'm hoping that, uh, that, 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 uh, that we can help them. I wanna help, I wanna be, I wanna make better disciples. And everything isn't always revelation, sometimes it's just process, just getting a process down. Is that something you guys would be interested in or not? I see, amen, is it, as, as if somebody's not gonna be interested no matter what we do. Amen. Amen. God, I'm asking you, Lord, to help us to learn to love you with our mind. Lord, I'm asking you, as the leader of this church, I'm asking you for understanding and revelation and wisdom. Lord, you said if we would search for it like silver, God, that you would give liberally to us Lord, and you promised that if we would, would apply ourselves to the law, and God, that if we would meditate on it, that you would help us to understand it and that we'd be blessed. And God, I pray that you help us to be blessed as we attempt to know more about your word and to understand more about your word. God, I pray in Jesus' name that we would apply ourselves to what is preached in the pulpit, and God, that we would listen to your voice as we ask your spirit to illuminate our heart and understanding. Help us, Lord, to learn your word and to draw closer to you. God, I pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. God bless you. You are dismissed in the name of the Lord.